Um, so, uh, my name is or comma Daniel E. Wow. Yeah, that's that's my, how it shows up on my medical records. My name is Erie Whitaker. <laughs> I had to fake my death once. Ah, it's a long story. Oh, I mean, I it was just on paper. I didn't actually fake my death. Was yeah. it fun? Uh, no, because uh, mm. my mom read it on the internet and and it just, it made her kind of sad and scared. Cause she thought I was dead. <laughs> she so didn't that's enjoy not right. that. Uh, no, yeah. she didn't like that. Um, so here's the deal y'all. We were supposed to have Sam Kester on this week and we had some scheduling issues and re and we're rescheduling that. So anyway, we decided to take this opportunity to do another uh, episode focusing on one band and it's one of our favorite bands together. And that band is they might be giants. So, but before we delve into that, there's a couple of things that we have to discuss at this point, because they are still current enough that, Mm -hmm. um, I feel like we just, we need to get this out of, out of the air. Okay. Uh, so the first thing mm-hmm. is, did you hear about the Nirvana baby? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Here's the thing. I don't blame him for doing it. Uh, I don't, yeah. I think it's stupid. Um, I don't blame him for doing it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I hate yeah. to say that, but I mean, I, you know, if, if like, if something, if I was featured on like a huge, like, and this may be a very unpopular opinion here, but <laughs> if I was featured on the cover of some huge album like that, and then 20 years down the line, cause I'm assuming that somebody had to tell him, you know, you could probably get money for this. Right. You know, because I think they only got paid like 200 bucks. Yeah, that's right. Which is insane uh, when you think about it. Uh, But at the time, though, Nevermind was not thought of. It wasn't anywhere near on the label's radar as being like this huge legendary record. In fact, uh, they didn't press enough of it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do you remember this, Eric? Yeah. Yeah, I remember like there was a shortage of Nevermind. (laughs) And the first like. Uh, pressing had endless nameless. Anyway, the reason why I'm saying that is because I mean we're all broke right now, and <laughs> I, 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 I this may be horrible, yeah. but I I would probably do it if somebody well, advised me. Like the thing about it, I don't know. This is my take: is first of all, the idea that you are owed more money than just a modeling fee is is a whole separate issue, right? Because that's sort of predicated on the idea that that baby on the cover is what made the record sell. Right. And that's not necessarily the case, I would guess, for most people. I don't think, well, like, oh shit, a baby album. I'm going to buy that. No, can, they, pro- <laughs> they probably saw the Smells Like Teen Spirit video and liked the song. Well, know? and yeah, I think that that's true, but I don't think the cover hurt. No, I don't um, think it hurt anything. And I, I think that there's a whole other discussion there, but presentation, right. we've talked about presentation mm-hmm. on this show. Yep. And there's no doubt in my mind that that was like 
Yeah. Whoever came up with that idea, that was a masterful presentation. Right. I think album. it was an effective album cover, but the baby, the specific baby is a pretty nominal element of that. That's true. You know? um, but the thing also though, is like, he didn't have a say in it and that's kind of fucked. Yeah, like, no, that, that actually is like, I, yeah. I guess I should have added that to why I said that. Right. I, it's basically like just the, made myself sound greedy, but yeah. well, it's um, kind of like the Olsen twins, you know, like I actually love to hate watch full house. Um, Uncle Jesse is like my nemesis. I severely hate him. I'm not making this up. I've watched the entire series of full house probably five or six times. I, it's a really uh, fun thing for me, but the thing is those girls did not have a say in being in that show. And that is actually kind of screwed up, I think. You know, yeah. like like they had to be in front of the camera. And I'm obviously this is a little different than the Nirvana baby, but it was they didn't have the opportunity to say, I don't want to be on camera, I don't want to be on film, I don't want to grow up in front of America. And so their sort of animosity towards that experience, I get. I really do. I think it's yeah. a, kind of screwed up so well i don't know and add that i mean they also didn't have a say in saying i don't want to have a website counting down when i turn 18 uh, do you yeah. remember that that's shit? a lot of gross stuff yeah that was sure. just insane yeah. right and that uh, anyway. also was kind of just hoisted on them because i mean because of decisions they didn't have any part in making so yeah. i understand that element of it too but again I don't know. The design element of it is one thing, you know, like the typesetter who did all the lyrics or whatever, isn't like, Oh, this was a really successful album. So I'm going to try to get more money out of it. It's like, just because something's successful doesn't mean you get to go back and say, well, now I want more. That's but then, true. But then again, that's not this kid. That was his folks. That Exactly. And so, then you the know, folks had to sign some right. sort of release i would think and like, so it's it's a little more complicated than just oh this guy's greedy and an idiot it, you know i think that he has a point and should he be awarded for someone using his image without his consent maybe yeah i think well, that's actually what i'm legit, so. what i'm actually surprised by is the actual amount but he's not really asking for that much it's not like too crazy considering I think he's asking for 150,000 from five or six different sources. Yeah. So it's when less you add than a that million. Up, when you add that up, yeah. it's not like anybody from Nirvana's estate is going to be suffering, probably. No, not at all. Um, but also, I mean, uh, aside from all that, too, there's the popular take that I'm kind of reading is like, okay, this guy recreated the uh, right. image so many times. Yeah. And now all of a sudden he's like, you know, going mm -hmm. back. Here's the thing, though. Uh, I he can still, even when he's like partying with people mm -hmm. and using that as an excuse to get laid or whatever, <laughs> you know, because that's that's what people are claiming, you know. Wow. And and I believe he even claimed that, like, hmm. uh, you know, that you know he basically has been living this wonderful life. But hmm. you know, here's the thing: you can still be traumatized by an image yes. that is out there. That is you, even if it is you from, you know, years ago when yeah. you were just a toddler, it's, 
I can kind of see where right. like once people found out, yeah, sure. There was this element. There's always like two sides to every story. I could actually see the possibility that, okay, he was living this like mm -hmm. quote unquote, wonderful, glamorous life because of it. But he was also battling some demons and shit because sure. of it as well. And, and you can, there's no time frame for when you're going to react to something either or how you're going to react. And no one can tell you when a trauma is going to affect you or how, or, and nothing you've done up to that point should change that, how, you know, you're, you're right to feel differently about things that happened in your life. That's an ongoing thing. So, I mean, I get that. It, it seems like he uh, enjoyed some level of notoriety because of it and even played along when they did other shoots and things like that. But that it's, it sort of feels like victim blaming at that point. It's like, well, he did all this, so he doesn't get to feel this way. It's like, well, that's yeah. fucked up. So, yeah, you know. exactly. And, yeah. you know, there's, there's so much to unpack. Um, yeah, there really is. Yeah. It's, yeah. It doesn't seem like there would be, but I, I think but there is. one thing that can definitely be said is we are certainly living in strange times and they keep, <laughs> keep getting stranger and stranger. That's um, true. So the other thing that I wanted to uh -huh. touch on, and this will be much quicker than this. Did you hear about, Kanye West finally dropping his new album Donda or do you even care? Well, uh, no, uh, okay. So I have heard like um, rumblings about Kanye West. Um, mm -hmm. I follow a few sort of um, satirical slash cynical um, avant-garde music kind of Instagram things. Sure. And they kept showing like pictures of him like in a cement room wearing like a yeah. spiky <laughs> yep. black S&M outfit and stuff. Yep. And yep. of course, you know, the, the, the memes were like, I don't know, listens to plaque blag once, you know, or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. And so very funny, but it did pique my interest. I was like, what the fuck? Is he really recording in a cement room? Well, and so I'm interested in it, but I have not done any research yet. So. Well, so, you know, the whole story, he's like, there was some like huge stadium that he like had like a listening party at. Okay. Or he was having a release party at. Mm -hmm. And then like he delayed the album or something. And okay. I, I could be getting my facts completely wrong. Well, that's but, why we're here. <laughs> and yeah, exactly. To get to get my facts wrong. Uh okay. So he actually um uh okay, Mercedes Benz Stadium in Atlanta. Okay. He stayed there. After the initial listening, first listening party. Mm -hmm. So here, I'm going to just go ahead and read this real quick. In the days after Kanye West's first listening party for Donda held in Atlanta, Atlanta's Mercedes-Benz Stadium, it was revealed that the rapper had taken up residence in the venue itself in a bid to finish the still unreleased record. So he had a listening party for an unreleased record. Okay. And then he decided to move into the Mercedes-Benz Stadium where he had the listening party at and okay. to finish it. So that is, you know, like that right there is just complete absurdity in real wow. life for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so there's that, which I thought that was great. Then I guess he like 
is trying to move it. Okay. He recreated his childhood home uh, for a stadium event for his new album, Donda in Chicago. But then I guess his real childhood home got vandalized by a bunch of people. And then he appeared on stage with the baby and Marilyn Manson. Okay. And I think Marilyn Manson's on the new album and he's a Christian, now a Christian rapper. And it's right. The spectacle of Kanye West, man. It's wow. fantastic. I, I just, I love the weirdness involved in it. And I don't even know all the details, but it's just this whole Donda listening party. It's like huh. just when you thought he couldn't top his shenanigans. Now he's got this Donda record, which has 27 songs and is an hour and 48 minutes long. Okay. Yeah. So Kanye West appears on stage with DaBaby, who DaBaby just was under fire for making like these sort of homophobic comments. Okay. And he got kicked off. He's this new. Do you know who DaBaby is? No. He's a, he's a newer rapper, and I guess he made some like comments at a festival about seeing two guys in the back of a jeep in the parking lot or something. Okay. I, I'm mm-hmm. not really sure what it was, but anyway, he actually ended up getting kicked off of other festival dates. And hmm. okay, I, again, if anybody's listening and I'm getting all of these all of this wrong, feel free to correct me if you contact me or just let this be wrong or whatever. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> I, I, all I know is that the baby like ended up getting kicked off a bunch of festival dates for being homophobic and like mm-hmm. nobody, I mean, I don't think very many people want to work with him at the moment. And then Kanye appears on stage with the baby and Marilyn Manson, I believe at the listening party. Wow. Uh, I, I don't know. I haven't researched it enough, but this that's as close to the details I'm going to be able to get. So anyway, anyway, I so, just, uh, okay. So, um, so that was your dream and I'm going to analyze it. now. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say that man. Kanye West wow. with Marilyn Manson and the baby. Yeah. So he's trying to provide sort of a platform for recently canceled people. Sounds like. Oh Which, yeah. Cause Marilyn Manson. Right. Yeah, that's right. I so that's just sort of Manson like, thing. um, uh, I don't know, obviously just trying to be shocking. Right. Well, I mean, that also Kanye, is like sort of the epitome of somebody who's gotten canceled in the last like four years. Right. You know? So yeah. Wow. Uh, I don't know that picture of him wearing that uh, spiky S and M shit. I was kind of <laughs> like, I don't know. I'll check it out. <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, <laughs> is this like power electronics? Is that what he's into now? Just like screaming through a distortion pedal. I'm into it. I'll, I'll check it out. Well, <laughs> some of his rapping has kind of sounded like that oh, lately. Right. I've only I ever mean, heard the first record. So, okay. Is, I don't know. There's a period of time where he started to sound like he was getting into some pretty experimental like mm-hmm. stuff, but I don't know. Uh, it's hard to fully respect Kanye, but it's also hard to avoid at least being somewhat intrigued by him. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. So, yeah, I'll check it out. Maybe um, maybe we'll have to review it on here. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that would actually be kind of cool. All right. I'm into it. All right. Yeah. Maybe we'll review that. We're saying saying it like we're saying it like a couple of hicks getting ready to jump a four wheeler (laughs) over a ditch or some shit. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll fucking do it. Well, um, 
have you ever jumped a four wheeler over a ditch? Uh, yeah. Okay. Cause I'll tell you what, that shit's fun. I've done it, I've done it myself. And Welcome to the four wheeler podcast. Yeah. The four wheeler. We're all about ATV. All right. and thrust vision. All right. Uh, but uh, so, um, so speaking was, of two guys, yeah, two guys, uh, let's, we're going to uh, talk about, they might be giants, right? They might be giants, ladies and gentlemen, they might otherwise, be giants, boy, otherwise <laughs> stylized as TMBG. <laughs> and guys, I just have to preface this. If you're listening to this and you're some kind of copyright hound or something, there's no way I'm not singing so much copyrighted material in this episode. It's so no, it's, I just uh, deal with it. I mean, yeah. go ahead and shut us down. But anyways, uh, so they might be giants. Yeah. Do you want to talk so, about how you discovered they might be giants, Dan? Sure. So okay. they might be giants was a band I had vaguely heard about probably when I was like, seven or eight years old, there was this weird time on MTV. And I'm sure you remember this, Eric, where mm -hmm. they were starting to, I feel like probably around 87, maybe 88, perhaps. Um, they were kind of starting to, there was something happening where they were kind of just like, not just playing the same videos over again I, i'm not sure when 120 minutes started but there was definitely like kind of some some more stuff happening uh in the underground or alternative music scene obviously that all got that blew up to the you know hundredth degree around 92 but mm -hmm. you know we were starting to see like like there was that one special where there were a bunch of bands that performed and then Daniel Johnston just randomly showed up and performed like one mm -hmm. of his songs like on air. And that's something that is just, you would never see happen again. I, I don't think. Um, so, you know, there was, I started to hear about like the red hot chili peppers around this time too. Uh, Cause my sister was kind of starting to make the transition who she's seven years older than I am, but she was starting to kind of make the transition from uh, listening to eighties hair metal to listening to alternative rock. Mm -hmm. So she was kind of starting to get into, you know, chili peppers a little bit and Jane's Jane's addiction, I guess, kind of came a little bit later, but that was her big band. And I was kind mm -hmm. of starting to, you know, I was hearing things like Faith No More and Anthrax around the same time, too, you know. So the real thing on cassette was I wore that out. Um, yeah, but for sure. <laughs> They Might Be Giants kind of came up. I, I don't I honestly don't remember the first time I heard the name They Might Be Giants. It might have been maybe they were nominated. I seem to think that they were nominated for like best alternative act in like 1990 on the MTV video music awards or something, or mm -hmm. maybe like best new act or something. I could be completely wrong. Um, but it seems like that's kind of where I might've heard that name, but nonetheless, it was a name that always stuck with me. And then a friend of mine uh, told me that he really liked, they might be giants in high school. Mm -hmm. And I had never really actually listened to them. 
but by the time I actually heard them, I was well into punk rock. Mm-hmm. And I remember looking at the song listing on their CDs and thinking, okay, yeah, these guys have to be a punk band because there's like 19 or 20 songs. (laughs) And so I'm guessing they're a punk band. Like each song is like a minute long and this is going to be like minor threat or something, you know, (laughs) or or whatever, you know? Um, And then um, to my surprise, that wasn't the case at all. (laughs) And my best friend was playing a, mixtape you remember those mixtapes on cassettes eric that you would make for your friends and stuff that you would make for your friends yeah uh he was listening to this mixtape this is actually my best friend travis who Mm -hmm. you know and it had whistling in the dark on it nice and i was like who is this they might be giants i was like you're kidding me i thought they were a punk band he's like no (laughs) what made you think they were a punk band i was like well because there's like 20 songs on their album. <laughs> yeah. Right. That, that was my whole reasoning for thinking they were uh-huh. a punk band. For sure. And uh, then um, I love the song so much that I just went out and got flood. And then I went down the rabbit hole and got uh, Lincoln and the self-titled mm-hmm. and then Apollo 18, then John Henry. And then factory showroom had just come out. It was Mm -hmm. like a new album at that point. Okay. So um, I also got Factory Showroom. And before you knew it, I was singing along to every song from They Might Be Giants and just Mm -hmm. loving this band. Uh, Yeah, so that's pretty much how I got into They Might Be Giants. How about you, Eric? Oh, yeah. I I wanted to say um, maybe I should have gone over this at the top of the episode, but okay. how this is going to work, what we're going to do, we're going to go through their discography through the release of Then, which is uh, Then was a re-release of the first two records plus some extra stuff. Um, and since they made that sort of delineation in time, we are also going to do that. Um, so the last full length we'll be covering will be Factory Showroom. So, mm-hmm. um, And we're also going to pick... We're going to talk about each record and we're going to pick our favorite song from that record. And then we're going to pick our favorite record. Since we have so much to say about They Might Be Giants, we're going to split this into two parts. So this will be the first episode. We're going to cover the self-titled Lincoln Flood and Miscellaneous Tea. So I just wanted to say that real quick. So yeah, um, my experience with they might be giants starts in 1988 and it starts with me uh seeing the video for purple toupee on mtv and for some reason i thought so this is very similar to your story i thought they were like a uh, i thought they were kind of heavy and i'm not joking i I was, uh, this was around the same time, 87, 88, when I was sort of finding out about punk and um, I was getting into skateboarding and stuff. And so like, I was basically through the misfits, I was finding out about punk and stuff instead of metal. And so when I first heard Purple Toupee and saw the video, I was like, well, these guys are dorks but this guitar tones like actually kind of heavy, you know? Um, 
And so I went to Musicland at the mall and bought it and I brought it home and it was not heavy metal. So like I said, very similar to your experience um, about Lincoln. And mm -hmm. uh, I didn't know what the hell to think of it. The only things I had ever really heard that were sort of like that, um, maybe the dead milkman. And, yeah. Uh, um, maybe like, shit, I don't even know, like weird owl in a weird way, you know, mm -hmm. um, which it was maybe barns and barns, like fish heads, you know? Yeah. Um, some of them were novel things because I had listened to Dr. Demento before that, but it didn't seem like a similar kind of thing when right. I heard Lincoln, I was like, well, this isn't novelty, but it's not very serious either. And it's really dorky. And um, yeah, so I got way into it. Um, I would say between this record and the Violent Femmes first record, they are the things that made me not necessarily turn my back on heavy metal, but definitely branch out and listen to other things, which obviously I can't be more thankful for, you know, in the grand scheme of things. Um, so yeah, I went to Musicland, ordered the first tape, which uh, to be honest, I liked, and we'll get into that, but it wasn't quite the same as Lincoln. And yeah, I just fell in love with uh, their wordplay. Uh, and uh, yeah, they quickly became one of my favorite bands. And when I was young, um, I really tried hard to be weird and interesting. I thought that that made me cool. And so this fit perfectly in that. I could tell all my friends about it and they would be like, oh, that's really weird music. And I'd be like, yes, I know. That's because I'm so interesting and cool. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, they just uh, perfectly fit into where I was at the moment and sort of defined uh, my interests going forward in a, in a pretty specific way. So I think we'll get into all that anyway. There's no way this isn't going to be somewhat uh, chronological and biographical at the same sure, time. Sure, so, absolutely. Um, yeah, so as far as I'm concerned, we can start talking about that uh, first record, if you want. Okay, yeah, sure. Uh, you can go ahead and start it, and maybe we'll alternate each one, if that's cool. Okay, yeah, no problem. So right. the self-titled They Might Be Giants record for me... Um, I, it was the last record, I believe I heard uh, from that era. Actually, I believe mm -hmm. that I had gotten all of the, I, I mean, I even heard factory showroom before I heard the self-titled mm -hmm. record, I believe. So it was kind of the last record that I heard. And so I went into it with a certain expectation um, because Here's what I feel. I feel while this is a fantastic record and has some of my favorite, they might be giant songs such as youth culture killed my dog and mm -hmm. uh, she's an angel and everything right is wrong again. And I love, love, love rhythm section one ad. Mm -hmm. um, I, I feel like um, maybe they were still kind of uh, honing in on what exactly it is that they, uh, they might be giants was and what they did. And it was a very fun record. And I kind of mm -hmm. feel like a very, in a lot of 
places spontaneous record and but there's a certain sound to it that i feel like lincoln perfected mm-hmm. and i'll get into that when we talk about when we talk about lincoln but you know there's there's a few songs on here that i don't necessarily uh mind not listening to not because i think they're bad songs or anything like that um it's just um overall i think that this is like a it, it, you know if, if i were to rank it four out of five mm-hmm. it would be a solid like four for mm-hmm. me you know and anyway uh so yeah um i i love the uh that being said though i love the uh pacing of the record i think that it's a strong debut um and yeah it really is i feel just as good of a place as any to start with they might be giants if you've never heard them yeah um it's so i don't really have a lot of you know i I don't have anything like bad to say i just think that Mm -hmm. some of the records that came later were stronger yeah so yeah um self-titled they might be giants record i would recommend listening to it for sure yeah absolutely yeah i um I like this record. It was the second one I heard. And um, what I, yeah, it definitely has a lower fi, a low fi sound to it, um, which sort of adds an element of it that doesn't appear in the rest of the records. I think that they might be giants more than just about any group I listen to doesn't seem to embrace low fineness. Like I don't right. think it's something that they, uh, find much merit or value in, and that's fine. I think it's cool uh, that they want to sound the best that they can all the time. <clears throat> and I do think at the time, this was the best that they could sound. I don't think that low fineness was intentional at all. Right. But, but it's there. So it does have a different sound than the rest of them. Um, what I love about this album, yeah, there are good songs when you compare them, when we put them into the sort of whole of They Might Be Giants. There's songs that lend themselves to being good They Might Be Giant songs, right? Right. Like either they're kitschy or they're uh, secretly sort of dark or they're funny or they're goofy or whatever. Some of those might be like, don't let start, put your hand inside uh-huh. the puppet head. Those are just obviously they might be giant songs you know um but one thing i do like about this is i think that more than any other record we're hearing the influence their influences on their sleeves a little more than than on the other records and i think that's because they figured out what they sound like and that's what they did from that point on but there is a lot of weird shit on here too you know, like just straight out of the gate, everything is wrong again. It's just, it's two minutes, 20 seconds. It's actually one minute and 10 seconds long. And then they play the whole song in reverse. Like right. it's kind of screwed up. And like toddler highway, rabbit child, yeah. um, <laughs> boat of car. Yeah. Just boat of cars. Uh, all of these songs are weird as shit. And I think, that there's probably a resonance uh, influence on those songs. Absolutely. Or a Frank Zappa ele- uh, element that isn't Absolutely. necessarily explored as much on the 
following records. Those songs are weirder and more experimental uh, than a lot of things that came after, if, if more than anything that came after. So I appreciate it for that. And I do think all of the things we are going to hear from They Might Be Giants for the rest of time in perpetuity is represented on this record. Absolutely. So that's pretty impressive. Most things aren't sort of like fully formed uh, with the first outing, you know, like even your favorite TV show. I'm sure that it's like, oh, yeah, the first season kind of sucks, though, or the first episode doesn't really, you know, it's rare that something's just like fully formed. And I feel that this is. So that's sort of my take on it. And some of the songs are amazing. Um, Actually, most of the songs are amazing. So yeah, I don't think you said your favorite. So I'll say my favorite and then you can tell us your favorite. How's that? Oh, yeah, that's right. I didn't say my favorite. So my favorite on here, it was about a four-way tie as all Uh of these are going to be. But I think She's an Angel really does it for me. You know what? What? Uh, That's mine too. Hey, nice. absolutely my favorite. Is it the slide guitar? (laughs) It's the slide guitar and it's also the lyrics that are just so like, they might be giants. And yes, you're totally spot on about the foundation of They Might Be Giants was already set 100% Mm -hmm. with this record. They Might Be Giants are masterful and they're Mm -hmm. really almost... I would argue almost the only band I can really think of that successfully blends tragedy, absurdity, Mm -hmm. and uh, comedy. Mm -hmm. Like, I guess, like you were kind of talking about the Weird Al element a little bit. (laughs) More than any other band, whereas like, like this song is, you know, I'm sure it could be maybe open to interpretation or maybe I'm just missing an obvious thing here but Mm -hmm. to me it just totally it's 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 this gorgeous song with these lyrics that you know like i met someone at the dog show (laughs) she was holding my left arm but everyone was acting normal so you know like nonchalant we both said we really love you the Shriners loaned us cards. Yeah, none of it makes any sense. Yeah, it makes no but, sense. But at the same time, you get you get the feeling that it's some sort of love song. Yeah, like for sure. That, that's what about you, a real angel. About a real angel, and it yeah. takes like they're masters at this like almost complete mind fuck. Yeah, but then they somehow like uh, they put it in like a uh, a pop song that. Mm-hmm. You just can't help but sing along. And I often wondered if that's almost like a reference or a satirical take on sort of like the idea that in pop songs, lyrics don't really matter. Sure. A lot of times I've often wondered if that was kind of what they were touching on, like Mm -hmm. subliminally. But yeah, a couple. Yeah. I think they're just also really, really smart. Yeah. Very, (laughs) very. Yeah, exactly. Like a. I'll be the first to admit a lot of stuff in their songs goes right over my head. Mm-hmm. And still to this day, I can't figure out what the hell some of it is. Yeah. Some of it even means, uh, but yeah. uh, I do have to, um, uh, a couple of uh, honorable mentions that. Oh, I got to say one thing about she's an angel real fast. Okay, sure, sure. My favorite part of she's an angel is in the chorus and they're singing so fast and they're singing so many words that when you sing, when they sing, you can't hear, there's no air some, 
you actually run out of breath. Yeah, you run out. Yeah, exactly. That's genius. It you're is very it into genius. the song to have to run out of breath, and you're gonna it's... run out running out of breath. Holy shit! So 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 good. <laughs> that's some meta shit, dude. There, there anyway. was also. Oh no, that's fine. I also love the song number three. Yeah, that's another good one. Yeah. Um, and then what's the one you were talking about? The really overly weird ones. What's the uh-huh. one that's like my room's uncomfortably small? You know, uh, uh, I was it. born in a lighthouse. Is it absolutely Bill's mood? Yeah, absolutely yeah. Bill's mood. Right. Like, yeah, it's these moments that you're just like, what the hell, you know? And yeah, and, uh, youth culture killed my dog. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also, um, nothing's gonna nothing's gonna change my clothes really pretty song yeah you were talking about metal well the most metal they ever got was on this record and that's uh she was a hotel detective like (laughs) that song song is so great Uh, i remember when i first heard it i was thrown off because i was like what yeah like I never thought they might be James would ever do a song that right. sounded like this. And that's, that's one of the things I love most about they might be giants is they taught me the unimportance of genre. Yeah. And I, I think that's cool. I think you can have like, like I said, I thought they were a heavy metal band and it's like, yeah. And then when I found out they weren't, I didn't care. Cause I was like, well, these are really good songs. So yeah, that's a pretty big deal for someone who before and after is kind of obsessed with genre. Absolutely. So absolutely. Awesome. You want to go on a Lincoln? Sure. Lincoln. All right. The second record, man, this is a masterpiece to me. I, I mean, I think every single thing they did on the self-titled record, they did. They like, like I mentioned, because really when you actually compare this record you can almost compare this record to the first record without it really kind of being apples and oranges in terms of kind of the sound of it, except Mm -hmm. that the first album is a little bit more Mm lo-fi, but with this record, I feel like while they laid the foundation for they might be giants on the first record, I feel like they smoothed it over on this record. Mm -hmm. 100%. I feel like the songs are more developed on this like right out the gate um and i what's the correct pronunciation is it anna ing yeah anna 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 ing okay i always i could never get that wrong but right out the gate this is like just a fantastic song it's an amazing song oh yeah absolutely and then cowtown toes that line between weirdness and you know like definitely has that Dr. Demento weird owl. It's sort almost of. novelty. Sure. Yeah. Almost novelty. But then you got like lie still little bottle, mm-hmm. which seems to be about alcoholism. I'm sure that that is what it is, or at least it's, it's about some sort of addiction. Maybe yeah, they touch on um, that a number of times. Quite a bit. Yes. Yeah. That's another thing. They might be giants are just fantastic at like being extremely dark, but mm-hmm. making it sound like they're smiling okay. when they're singing. That because John Linnell, every time he sings, no matter what it is, it could be the most heartbreaking, depressing thing. He sounds like he's smiling when he's singing. Yeah, I think so. You know, way more so than Flansburg. Flansburg has a little bit more of a monotoneness to his voice. Mm -hmm. Um, 
almost like more of a base, but not really. But I actually think of the two, Linnell or Flansburg might actually have the weirdest voice of the two. Uh, even though I do think Linnell's voice is also very unique. That's the thing. Neither one of them have vocals that can be mimicked by anyone. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's another thing. Like, I truly don't think there's any other band that sounds like they might be giants or could ever sound like they might be giants, at mm-hmm. least when it comes to pop stuff. Like you said, there's definitely like residents, a residence mm-hmm. type influence going on. I think that's actually very apparent in the song Cajun Aquarium. Uh-huh. I seem to be kind of going uh, in order of songs on Lincoln here, <laughs> but like uh, the world's address. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Yeah. They're Kiss- really great at uh, wor- uh, wordplay as well. Like Cajun Aquarium being, Cajun a- being yep. the a- dawning of the cage, of, uh, age of Aquarius. A- is, yeah. Cage. Yeah. <laughs> The spawning of the Cajun Aquarium. Yeah. Yeah. This is the spawning of the yeah. Cajun. The Aquarium. world's address is all wordplay. The world's address. Um, yeah. yeah. The world's address. And then, of course, Kiss Me, Son of God, which mm-hmm. has maybe some of the most prophetic lyrics ever. I built a little empire out of some crazy garbage called the blood of the exploited working class. What does that sound like? You know, does it sound like, yeah, right. Sure. Yeah, exa- exactly. It's yeah. just like, it's so like, I, I maybe, maybe I'm, maybe that's a stretch calling it prophetic, but it's still like very, uh, <laughs> well, I mean, it's yeah. about so like uh tyranny or totalitarianism. Exactly. Total. Yeah. It's, 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 a, it's applicable, you know? Absolutely. So. And then there's Mr. Me, which I think is one of the just stupidly most catchiest songs on the record. Uh, a lot of that has to do with the whistling. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I can't think of the um, the title right now, forgive me, but the next song, Get Out of the Car. I've got a match. I've got a match. Yep. Beautiful, beautiful song. Mm-hmm. And then there's that um, other one that I always thought it sounded like a uh, there was a level on the Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, it's either one or two. I don't remember. Uh, but there's a zone on the Sonic the Hedgehog where it sounded like to me, like music to that zone on Sonic the Hedgehog. It's track number 13. Okay. Oh, you'll miss me. Yeah, you'll miss me. And then it's like, yeah, you'll miss me. It must be raining because a man is about to cry. Yeah, so good. They get really jazzy on this one. Between that one and I still little bottle, it's jazzier than they really do. um, And then shoehorn with teeth. Shoehorn with teeth is just a genius. It's like people should get beat up for stating there believes he wants a shoehorn, the kind with teeth, because he knows there's no (laughs) such thing. It's so so travel the world with a heavy metal band, but the gas, the plane (laughs) could never land, never land because they're out of gas. Come on. That's weird. Come on. That's (laughs) It's like science fiction. You know, whenever you hear like other rappers (laughs) describe lyrics that they're blown away by, they're always like, that's crazy. You know, I think what they might be giants. It's, that's crazy. Like that is so insane, dude. So yeah. anyway, yeah. yeah, this whole record Santa's beard, which has almost like a, that's almost like the most Elvis Costello that yeah. I've heard them really right. sound. And I think there's yeah. a huge Elvis Costello. In there, it's humongous. It, it doesn't 
show up as much on the first one. It's no. almost like they leaned into it more. It's yeah. to me, it feels like as time went on, they exposed that influence a little more. I almost feel Definitely. like they were trying to hide it. Like they didn't want to be compared to Elvis Costello, you know? Definitely. And Definitely. so once they had their own sound and, um, and everything, they kind of let that start coming through a little more because there are songs that ultimately just straight up sound like an Elvis Costello song. Absolutely. And, but yeah, it, for sure. It, do, it doesn't hurt that. I think Elvis Costello is secretly in, they might be giants. Just look right. at him. Yeah. He is I mean, sort of the combination <laughs> of the two dudes. He, like he looks like <laughs> I'm not unconvinced that they're, you know, the, uh, or I guess I should say, I'm not convinced that they're uh, not the same people meld into one pop star <laughs> when they're Elvis Costello. It's like their side project. And their ages combined, too. So and their ages sense. combined. <laughs> and not only is it a side project for They Might Be Giants, it's a science project for oh, They Might Be Giants. For science. For science. <laughs> we'll get into that much There's later. The spacecraft yeah. Oh gosh. All right. Um, oh. so hands down, my favorite song on this record, which I have not mentioned because yes. I wanted to save the best for last, they'll need a crane. Hands Very down. Amazing song. Yeah. This is the best, like I would say almost like midlife crisis mm -hmm. romance marriage. Yeah. falling apart song that I've ever heard. Yeah. Um, you hear it. And upon first listen, you don't think that it is about what it's actually about, right. but yeah. I guess it's actually about one of whether it's Linnell or Flansburg. Mm -hmm. I heard that it's about one of their parents getting divorced. Yeah, that makes sense. It, it sounds that way. That's what like it sounds like. Their generation, but the lyrics then they are would just be. like, mm -hmm. Love sees love's happiness, but happiness because love is nah, I'm forgetting the lyrics, but anyway. Uh, and then, uh, but that the, one the break, part, the break is, uh, yeah, don't call me at work again. Oh, oh no, no, the, the boss, boss still, still hates, hates me. me. I'm just, I'm just tired, and I don't love you, love anymore. you anymore. And we, should, we should check out with the other, other nightmare right. people. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we could just go on forever. Here. Yeah, we could just sing um, it all, but yeah, amazing break. So sad. So, uh, I, I am assuming that you absolutely hate this record, Eric. Nope. I love this record. <laughs> I love this record so much. Um, and yeah, I, I don't know. I don't feel like I need to go through all the songs, but um, I don't even know. I don't even know what to say about it. It's just so good. Here's something about They Might Be Giants, and I'll revisit this when we talk about a later record. One thing I really like about them is they just find the right sound for the part, for the part of the music. And it doesn't matter if it's an accordion or a guitar or a bass or a vibraphone or some made up dumb sound like at the beginning of Cowtown. Like, I don't even know what that sound is. Boy, 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 boy. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's nonsense. And it's not samples. I think they really do. Well, sometimes it's samples, but I think they really do make these um sounds and i think that's one thing i really love about them is like the 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 parts have personality and yeah. i think that comes through 
Um, but yeah, I, I love every, almost every moment of this album. I, I, and there's songs that you don't notice at first. It's one of those albums that keeps giving like, I don't know. Like I, I was so into this in 1988, but about 19, I don't even know, 98 upon a re-listen, I was like, God damn, stand on your head is amazing. It's yeah. so beautiful. Yes. And for the longest time, it was just kind of one of those songs at the end of the record. You know, one of those songs you get through to get to kiss me, son of God or whatever. Yeah. And so like even listening to this now, there are songs that I didn't think were that amazing. And they absolutely are like, I don't know, like Santa's beard. I always thought was yeah. kind of goofy and not really that great of a song. Now it's pretty cool. I think the whole yeah. thing, you know, um, it's, yeah. it's funny. You mentioned that. Cause yes, I remember I used to skip over songs with this record and yeah. I remember they'll need a crane was wow. a song that I skipped over so much. I think at a certain uh, age, that song seems a little too serious. Yeah, well, but it didn't, it just didn't appeal to me when I was like 14. Right, right exactly. Like, and it, yeah. it wasn't the lyrics. I wasn't paying mm -hmm. attention to the lyrics anyway, at, right. you know, at 15, 16 or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, but like that, something about the style of mm -hmm. the, you know like it the, just seemed sort too of, mature almost yeah it seemed it seemed too much like an elvis costello song yeah. you know at yeah, 15 right. or 16 and then so but songs that were just immediately appealing you know had a little bit more of a well like anna ing is almost mm -hmm. a punk song yeah you know like absolutely almost and so it's just um yeah, no, that is that is interesting, but yeah. you know that's how it was with all actually the giant my, songs. My origin story was incorrect. Anna Ng was the video that I saw. Oh, Anna Ng, that is such a great. So video that's why I like, thought they were heavy because that. The, yeah, yeah, that guitar that, part just. It sounded like freaking anthrax to me. You know, like well, because Scott Ian, as a rhythm guitarist, had a style that a lot of people didn't. They didn't play like that. It wasn't no. so um, completely underrated. Dated. Like it, it was just like just chopped off, uh -huh. <clears throat> you know. And so this guitar had that same sort of tone. Even in metal, it wasn't until maybe we get to like helmet and shit like that. Yeah. And so like this was one of the first things that I heard with that intense choppy gated distortion <laughs> and yeah. so of course i was like oh that's super heavy and it's like yeah. no it's not but um yeah it's uh, just such an amazing record i i really can't say enough about it i could sing and i did actually before we even discussed doing this episode it was last night at dinner dan and i decided this last night at 9 30 at night so yeah. <laughs> i sang the first half of this record while i was doing the dishes and cleaning up after dinner all the way through from the first word till i think the last word of where your eyes don't go i just sang it straight oh, just by man. myself acapella that's how much i love it like i i there's a part of my brain that knows every sound and lyric and note and breath of this 
album. Where your eyes don't go, a filthy scarecrow waves, waves his broomstick, broomstick arms, arms and does, does a parody of, of each, each unconscious, unconscious thing you do. <laughs> yeah. What the best part the to me when I was in high school again trying to be cool, I would try to sing this whole song in less than thirty seconds. That was my. <laughs> that was like a trick I used to do. So you were trying to make they might be giants a punk band. Yeah. Do you think I can do it now? Try it. Let's see. Okay. <clears throat> Let's see. Uh, I guess we'll have to get a timer going. Me, <laughs> well, me... hold on a second. I got I got a timer right here. Uh, okay. You tell me, me when it to on go. My... And I'm okay, not looking me... at the lyrics. This is my brain. So Your brain. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. So on the count of three. Oh, wait. Hold on. <laughs> I'm getting the, the yips now. I'm getting psyched out. <laughs> it's like, dude. We should get psyched out more often on this show. That sounds like a lot of fun. Okay. All uh, right. Okay. Just okay. Me. Okay, I'm ready. All right. One, two, three, and go. Where your eyes don't go, fill the scarecrow ways his room, Mr. Garms does a parody of each unconscious thing you do. When he turned to look, he's gone behind you on his face, storing your confused expression. Where your eyes don't go, where your eyes don't go, a part of you is hovering a nightmare that you'll never be discovering. You're free to come and go, a chocolate curse below this fire of eyes in the back of your head. Every jumble of wild person has a thinking part that wonders what the part that isn't thinking isn't thinking of. Should you wear that the skull is in front of you, or is it worse because it's always waiting? Where your eyes don't go, where your eyes don't go, a part of you is hovering a nightmare that you'll never be discovering. You're free to come and go, a chocolate curse below, but there's a pair of eyes in the back of your head. Where your eyes don't go, a fill the scarecrow ways his room, Mr. Garms does a parody of each unconscious thing you do when you turn around and look. Is gonna be on Whoop, 30 seconds up. Where your eyes don't go. Ding ding oh. ding ding. You went a little over, but that was still pretty damn good. 35 <laughs> seconds. Dude, that is um, you know what? You know what? Uh, oh my god, that is you, you should pat yourself on the back for that one, man. All right, that is. I mean, I haven't practiced since about 1992. <laughs> yeah, well, hey, that was still the knocking off the rust a little bit there, yeah. <laughs> you know anyway wow I'm so glad we that, worked that in since that's the one that you were trying to do <laughs> in 30 seconds yes. uh is that your favorite song off the album nope i've got a match is my favorite song i've got a match is an amazing song i think most of mine are going to be those sort of romantic-y kind of ones you know sure sure those, those kind of get me so what are you which one are you going to try 30 i was going to say how about how about in 30 seconds how about i try they'll need a crane <laughs> oh my god that has way more lyrics doesn't it yeah let's try it let's do all it. right I'll you, set, you gotta you gotta i got a timer, timer? okay, okay this, let me know this when to go podcast just officially became stupid <laughs> <laughs> yeah but you know that's i prefer to think of it as smart Oh, okay. Well, I, I, I think hey, our podcast—that's the whole crux smart. of uh, they might be giants' career, right? Yeah, it's, it, this well, might I be mean, stupid, but we think of it as smart. We're talking, we're talking about, <laughs> we're talking about they might be giants, so it must be smart yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. Or it could be, wow, this is really smart, but we actually think it's stupid. <laughs> yeah. All right, I'm ready when you are. Do you want a countdown? Yeah, let's do a countdown or a drum roll. No, I'll do a countdown. All right, <laughs> three. Two, one, go. Love sees love's happiness, but happiness is love is sad and sad. Uh, uh, well, hey, I tried. That was nine, nine seconds. Nine seconds. So <laughs> there you go. I sang the will a crane in nine seconds. I beat you. <laughs> Damn. Well, oh, shit. I'm going to have to practice that. Oh, you know, my that, gosh. that would be great if we started doing they might be giants battle raps. <laughs> 
Like, <laughs> so you have to rap yeah. like they might be giant songs. Make a gun with a hole perpendicular oh <laughs> to the name God. of this town. In a desktop world. In a desktop world. <laughs> well, we better move on to Flood. Oh, yeah, that's right. We're we better off keep this baby going. We, yes, we've made it through two records. OK, so we're on record number three, which is Flood, which is amazing. This yes. is um, I mean, I I'm not going to spend too much time on this record because I almost feel more than any other. They might be Giants record. There's just not a lot that needs to be said about this record. It's just from beginning to end a masterpiece. Every single thing from the theme from Flood intro to birdhouse in your soul which is such a crazy theme and such a crazy song lucky ball and chain the cover of istanbul not constantinople um i mean what i really like about this record i think even more than lincoln there were songs that just kind of remained hidden from me for years because mm-hmm. i actually kind of avoided for whatever reason probably about the last half of this album quite a bit, but hmm. you mm-hmm. really dig deep women and men mm-hmm. road movie to Berlin and uh, the song, they might be giants. Um, so many great things. Whistling in the dark is really fun. Um, and uh, yeah, this is really where they might be giants. If they kind of polished up, things with Lincoln, not in terms necessarily of production. Cause like I said, I, I feel like the production of the first two records, even though the first one is a little more lo-fi than Lincoln, uh, there was still this indie sort of, I don't necessarily want to say rawness, but it was definitely like not as polished as this record, mm-hmm. but that being said, it was this. It's not a bad thing at all. This is, I mean, this is where like I feel the best songs, some of the best songs from them might be giants mm-hmm. come from. I mean, twisting, we want to rock, mm-hmm. which you know I didn't realize for the longest time that that another you're talking about the play on words element, right? We mm-hmm. want to rock, <laughs> like yeah, but that's genius. <laughs> And then I just, I love the part where it's like, everybody wants prosthetic foreheads on their real heads. Yes. It may be the most, they might be giants lyric. Absolutely. (laughs) It's up there. Yeah. Yeah, It's, it's so like, talk about going into left field. (laughs) And then there's that song, uh, minimum wage, which I think is just hilarious. (laughs) Like, it's just like, it's almost like a hip hop skit. Like in a way, like, you know, it reminds me of like an intermission, you know, like in, you know, it's almost like their take on a hip hop skit or something, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just like, it's so just hilarious and letterbox. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Someone keeps moving my chair. Yeah. And then the other thing that, I mean, there's, there's even like, you know, politics addressed in this, like your racist friend. Mm -hmm. It's yeah, absolutely fantastic. Yeah. I think that this is probably the, they might be giants record. Like this is the definitive. Hmm. If you're, if, if somebody came to me and said, I've never heard they might be giants. Yeah. I would tell them to listen to this record hands down. 
Yeah. Um, that's my opinion. This one or Lincoln mm-hmm. probably would be where I would start. Um, yeah. Uh, but um, I would have to say my, my favorite song uh, is Dead. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just, that is a classic. I remember there's actually a memory I have. I think it was at a Gimpy show, Eric. Oh, yeah. Where me, you, and I think Brooks Drouse, mm-hmm. and I want to say Sean, I think all the guys from Gimpy. Yeah. We all like hugged each other in this circle and they <laughs> played dead. I think Jason Salick was there too. Yeah. And they played dead over the uh, PA. Yeah. I think maybe while you were setting up, maybe it wasn't a Gimpy show. Maybe it was like that man or Astro man show or something. Oh, yeah. I don't remember, but we all like hugged in the circle and just yeah. screamed along to the words. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. my favorite song uh, lyrics mm-hmm. on any, they might be giant song mm-hmm. is um, it's so touchy. And it's when you actually think about the lyrics the song doesn't seem as absurd as it kind of seems, you know, like I, um, you know, I, I came back as a bag of groceries accidentally sitting, you know, you're kind of like, that's got that. They might be giants moment where you're just sort of like what, but then the chorus comes on and it's like, now it's over. I'm dead. And I haven't done anything that I want, or I'm still alive and there's nothing Nothing I I want to do. Those (laughs) lyrics are top tier mind blowers man yeah like it completely blows my mind i'm like the way that that is just laid out is unbelievable and to say something so i this is going to sound really ridiculous for me to say but it's i feel like something that people struggle to kind of try and convey into words you know what i mean like i Mm -hmm. i yeah that's something that like i would always like that's one of those things where it's like i wish that i would have written that because i'm thinking that like all Mm -hmm. the time you know what i mean for sure like in a you know it's like that can be applied to so many situations in real life whether it could be you know uh something uh, as life-changing as a divorce or even mm-hmm. just something like, I don't know, like having your day ruined because your pencil sharpener broke, yeah. <laughs> you know, or something. Sure. It's, it's so like it, there is no like context to it really whatsoever, but right. it can apply to so many things. I, I know that that mm-hmm. might be kind of a ridiculous thing to say, but that lyric just, I, I love that. Yeah, I don't think that's ridiculous at all. I think that uh, personally, I think part of what makes they might be giants so much fun is that through the ridiculousness and through what seems to be a bunch of silly nonsense, you find a lot of humanity and it's a lot of humanity that you can connect with. And it's also, I, overall, I feel like they might be giants has this sort of like um, kind of sense to it that the human condition is alien. Yeah. No human feels like they're pulling this off. 
yeah. and that we're we're all together and we can all relate. And that in and of itself makes it relatable. Yeah. And absolutely. so I think that um that's one thing I really like about them is you can relate with how unrelatable it is to be a human. Sure. Absolutely. And I think that's cool. Um fantastic. Yes. Yeah. 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 I mean, the stuff that they say, and it's a lot of it is it blows your mind hearing it just the way that it's put together mm -hmm. without even understanding what it means or thinking about right. what it means. And then when you actually think about what it means, mm -hmm. it's like, Oh wow. That went over my head, but it was right in front of me. It's almost like mm -hmm. the meaning in they might be giant songs is hidden in plain sight. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. I love flood and I, I, the thing is, um, when I first heard it, I was already in 1990. Somehow I was already an elitist prick <laughs> and I was like, oh man, this is all just joke songs. And I think what happened was they made, um, two music videos for the, um, Animaniacs. Oh Yes. The Istanbul, not Constantinople, and um, Particle Man. And both of those songs, especially Particle Man, felt very, like, adolescent to me, really juvenile. And the fact that they made cartoons out of them did not help me shake that feeling. And, oh, I, yeah. and I sort of just, like, coming out of Flood, which seemed a little actually quite a bit darker in tone if not lyrically as well this sort of just felt like a little cartoonish like they had crossed that line into being novelty not all of it of course but my first time listening through i was like oh man i don't know like this might be too corny for me um but that quickly faded away and i learned to love almost every part of it and i'll still sing along with particle man it's fine but it's not one of my favorites um but yeah things that i love about this record specifically um i do think dead is sort of a game changer for them mm -hmm. i think everyone that heard it said oh shit these guys can write a real song that's as good as any song i've ever heard if not better yeah, that's a pretty big fucking deal. I mean, to be like, well, shit, this is better than Billy Joel, you know, like yeah. whatever. Like, I don't know. When I was young, that was a thing. Like the bands I listened to, I did not think were at the same songwriting caliber as the the stuff that was on the radio. And that doesn't mean I like the stuff on the radio. I just thought, oh, they know how to write songs, whereas maybe Black Flag doesn't, or maybe Cannibal Corpse doesn't, or mm maybe the dead milkmen don't i didn't know for sure if they could write songs that were good or not but um they might be giants came along and proved that they could write a song every bit as beautiful and good as anyone else i'd ever heard yeah that's kind of a big deal um i loved in twistin when they mentioned the dbs and the young fresh fellows because i got into two new bands out of that deal yes pretty sweet um I like the sound of everything. I like the sound of letterbox. I like the, the intro of like the, 
yeah crazy ass thing like there's still so much experimentation going on with the noises and the sounds anyway my favorite song on this is sapphire bullets of pure love oh that is such a great song uh it's amazing and like i said i'm probably going to keep picking sort of the romantic ones i just think they're a nice showcase for the songwriting and the sounds and the voices um and 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 it needs to be said their harmonies are tight they're not everly brothers tight but they are freaking tight and i love that and it's usually not even proper harmonies it's not fifths and thirds and it's not sung like a hymn they just add some stuff that's like fun to 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 sing along with it you know yeah and there's rounds elements of it repeating parts like the end of birdhouse in your soul the whole last freaking minute of them is just doing two different parts over each other yeah yeah great though i i i think they came into um sort of understanding their strengths and on flood and i that's what i take from that record totally agree um I also think it needs to be said that I think whether directly or indirectly, this album Mm -hmm. had an influence on a lot of pop music. And what I mean by that, or at least things like rock song, like light rock songs Mm -hmm. that were huge in pop culture. For example, I can see this being an influence and I don't remember what year the show went on the air, but the I'll be there for you, the friends theme song. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like in all seriousness, I can see like, maybe I'm, maybe this is a stretch, but I could see, you know, the main songwriter in that group, what were they called? The Rembrandts or something. I think that's right. Yeah. Um, Being like, I love, they might be giants, you Mm -hmm. know? So I'm going to write like almost like they might, you know, maybe that's a stretch. I can see that. But I I hear that. that. And then also, um, I don't think, I think this is a stretch, but I want it to be true. So I'm going to say that it is. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to lie right now. Okay, great. Um, and that is um, the proclaimers. I would walk 500 miles. See, now that might be impossible because I do think that song's very old. That's what I, that's exactly it. It came out in 88. So there's no oh. way Flood yeah. could have influenced it, but I'm going to say that it did because <laughs> I want it. I want it to exist that way. <laughs> well, Lincoln very well might have been an influence. It it very well could have, but I doubt it because it came out in 88, the same year. Yeah. Um, regardless, I don't care what anyone says. That is a <laughs> great song. Oh, I and like that song a lot. Honestly, I could imagine Linnell and Flansburg writing that song too. Like, yeah. hell, I, maybe, maybe it's the other way around. Maybe the proclaimers had an influence on they might be giants. You just well, never know. Yeah. It, it's also though, I do think that they might've had an influence in a certain way on a certain type of music. And what I mean by that is stuff that is somewhat novel, but taken seriously and presented seriously. So I'm just going to list off a bunch of bands that I have always thought probably owe some level of gratitude or debt to They Might Be Giants, which is the Bare Naked Ladies. Yes. Um, the Crash Test Dummies. Yes. Um, Smash Mouth or the Eels is who I was thinking of. Eels. Right. Yes, yes. So I, I think they did have an, an impact on bands like that. If, also even something like Soul Coffee. But sure, yeah. I do, you know who, do you know who actually listed 
they might be giants as one of his biggest influences. No. Mark Hoppus from Blink-182. Really? So, wow. I mean, they inspired Blink-182, I think. Nice. At least, at least with Mark Hoppus hmm. and his bass playing. That's um, interesting. Wow. It is interesting, but it also really isn't that. If you really dissect, I don't know how much you've actually listened to Blink-182, but in high school, I actually, I actually listened to the album dude ranch quite a bit from blink 182 when i was in high school and i still enjoy some blink 182 myself Hmm. but there's an element of absurdity and eh, you know it definitely is stupid and juvenile to some Mm -hmm. of those early blink 182 songs but there's a lot of humor in it too that i could see that they might have gotten from something like they might be giants even though i would say they might be giants humor would be more sophisticated. Right. I, I, I can see where some pop punk kids were like, Hey, I really like um, lucky ball and chain, you know, or something like that. You know what I mean? Like that's a well, really great. Definitely. Song, you know? I think that, I mean, they might be giants is a dork band. I mean, very much. So. We've talked about <laughs> dork bands on here before we have, I think, and um, <laughs> but yeah, I think they fit very firmly with, ween and i mean just other things that seem funny or weird or strange or whatever and that's okay i mean that it's not a real genre but you know everything from ben folds five to yeah i don't know it all is somewhat similar it has this like yeah weezer even yeah so this like pro dorkness to it all you know yeah absolutely i I think that's cool yeah so, um, all right. So miscellaneous um, tea was essentially sort of like, uh, B sides and a couple of dial a song things. Dial a song was this thing that they might be giants created way back in the day. Even it might even predate the first record. I don't know, but it's that old. And it, it does. It actually yeah. does predate. the first. So, record. and then they listed it or advertised this. It was like movie phone or something essentially, but every day, they would just have a new song on there that you could listen to. And that shit ran. I don't even know when it stopped. I know that I still called it in high school. It ran for a long time I, and it may still exist. I have no idea. Yeah, but, it um, does. Oh, wow. That's amazing. It really does. Yeah. And um, also uh, I want to throw this in here. Uh, Isaac Brock from Modest Mouse in the early days of Modest Mouse also had a dial a song. Really? Yes. Wow. So that might be a direct influence as well. I'm sure it is. So that's cool. Yeah. Um, But yeah, a lot of these songs were those. They were some remixes. There were alternate versions, outtakes. But there were things on here that unless you somehow had some bootlegs or the singles or had recorded dial a song, like you wouldn't know them. So, but there's some really cool songs on it. So yeah, this is just a B-side record. Right. Yep. Not just a B-side record, but um, yeah, it's a B-side record. So, yeah. so I'm sure down, you've heard all of those. So yeah, God, there's so many good ones here. Like mm-hmm. where the replacements, yeah. when it rains, it snows. The famous polka is absolutely insane mm-hmm. for science. Yeah. Um, Mr. Claw. Oh, Mr. Claw is so yeah. Good. A claw is a claw. <laughs> and Mr. Claw, the, the, the famous uh, 
<laughs> when I heard uh, that. Yeah. So it's not my birthday is a great one, but mm-hmm. yeah, hands down, I'm going to have to, everything on here is fantastic. But yeah. the first track, Hey, Mr. DJ, I thought you said we had a deal. That it's is so good. That is yeah. like one of those songs that I feel like could have easily been on a album. Like it could have easily been on flood oh, and yeah. it wouldn't have felt out of place. No, nope, not at all. Like, I almost kind of wonder why they left it off of any record. I don't know. It's yeah. so good. Such yeah, a good it really record. Is. There probably is just something. But anyway, that that's that would be my favorite song off Mis- Miscellaneous Key. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think mine, and it's just going to alternate with the one on then. So it doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. Um, so this one, I will choose When It Rains, It Snows. Okay, that is such a great one it's, too. It's just outrageously pretty. And the best part of it is everyone thinks it's only 20 seconds long because it they stops yeah, for like yeah, ever. Got, yeah. It stops for no joke in the yeah. song. 10 full seconds probably. 10 seconds. It's yeah. ridiculous. When it rains, it snows. I and then wonder why. <laughs> where the replacements is so good because it's yeah. literally about the replacements. Yeah, it really like, is. <laughs> where some someone find Tommy? Yeah. Like, hey, where's Tommy? Tommy someone find Tommy. So good. Yeah. I wear the replacements. We're playing in a rock. And that right there, and that we're playing in a rock and roll band. That melody, <laughs> that harmony right there. Yeah. We're playing in a rock and roll band. That is the friends theme song, if I've ever heard it. That is like nice straight up, like. Yeah. Hi, where the replace. There's one song um, in the world we call our home. There's lots of room to roam. roam. Yeah. What is that? Section one ad. Yeah. Rhythm section one ad. I actually wanted to somehow create a sitcom just to use that for the theme song yeah dude like the whole sitcom should be about (laughs) a band looking for a rhythm section seriously though what it goes into (laughs) he sings do you sing like olive oil on purpose John's going, no, 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 no. Yeah. That's so <laughs> just such a beautiful, stupid oh, moment. Man. I that love is, it. it. It is a very stupid, stupid Do you moment. Sing like so olive good. oil on purpose. Yeah. Yeah. That is so good. Um, okay. So miscellaneous tea, most of it's going to be also covered when we talk about then. Um, and so we don't have to get too into that right now because we'll be yeah covering it again. So, yeah, yeah, we're going to go ahead and end right here. Thank you for listening, everybody. Yeah. Um, Thanks for listening to part one of the, 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 they, that's hard to the, say. The, the, they, they. Ivy Giants. We already have an episode called the, they too. The, they, the, they. Um, yeah. All right. So uh, just so everyone knows at four 30 on Thursdays is when we're going to start uploading new episodes now 4 30 in the afternoon not in the morning yeah. um because it's much easier for us to upload new yes. episodes at 4 30 in the afternoon mm-hmm. um then 4 30 in the morning or even 10 in the morning so right. please <laughs> look for us there yeah. and uh and we'll also, post on the uh the old instagrams and facebooks when when yep. it's up so you won't forget yep and as always if you guys have anything you would like to tell us uh go ahead and message us you can uh also post on either the facebook or the uh instagram we'll be here for you 
Yeah. Um, yeah. Hopefully for you guys are all. You. <laughs> yeah. We'll Hope... be here for you. We'll be here for you. <laughs> um, hopefully you guys like they might be giants as much as we do. Because <laughs> yeah. Cause otherwise you're getting well, two episodes, whether yeah. you want to or not. Yeah. <laughs> and if you don't already hate, if you don't like them already, you'll hate them by the, you'll end hate the them episodes. even more. Yes. Uh, I would still recommend going to check them out. If you think you hate them though. Yeah. You might find something that you like. <laughs> you never know you never know keep trying um, also if any of you have heard kanye west's new album please let us know uh, <laughs> yeah let us worth, know if it's worth us re- uh, reviewing yeah reviewing it and um yeah so all right we'll see you all next week see y'all next week have a good one everybody And that's kind of fucked.